Thank you for listening to the Father Goodrich Sermon Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, take a moment to subscribe now. We hope these sermons will give you insight and inspiration for wherever you are on your journey of faith. Now, this episode's message. Well, let's begin with a bit of American humor. A Texas cowboy goes to apply for insurance. And the agent asks him in a sort of routine way, have you been in any accidents over the last year? And the cowboy says, nope, no accidents. Though uh, I did get bit by a rattlesnake and a horse kicked me in the ribs, that laid me up a good while. And the agent said, well, weren't those accidents? Well, no, sir. The cowboy said, they did that on purpose. (laughs) I could probably tell a few follow-up jokes to that about dolphins, but I imagine you've already heard all those kind of jokes for all intents and porpoises. Porpoises. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. Which actually gets us straight way to the purpose, excuse me, the purpose at hand. How often do you do things that you don't really want to do? And I don't mean sit here in the pew because somebody made you. But I mean times in your life when you say to yourself, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then lo and behold, you do exactly that. If you're brave and you can admit to that, raise your hand. I see a few hands, a few brave hands, including mine. St. Paul is also raising his hand in today's reading from Romans. And I quote from chapter 7, verse 15. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Paul goes on in verse 19 and 20. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Some of you know this feeling all too well, this feeling of loathing and despair. But actually, all of us can find ourselves in this verse, can't we? Haven't you at some point said to yourself, I'm not going to have a piece of cake at dessert. I'm not going to stay up late. I'm not going to do that thing. And then you do that thing. If you've had an experience like that, raise your hand. One professor of New Testament commenting about this passage says this, quote, The gap between willing and doing is a universal phenomenon. The gap between willing and doing is a universal phenomenon. But... Did you catch something that the Apostle Paul said when he says later in verse 20? Isn't that a a bit controversial? Did that prick your mind a little bit? Here's what he said. It is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. 
What's going on? What does that mean? Well, it might seem controversial, but actually, it's not so controversial, scientifically speaking. It's taken several centuries for the social sciences to catch up with the scriptures in this regard. I mean, after all, the Apostle Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. What am I talking about? Well, for example, in some forms of clinical addiction, as well as in many unhealthy habits that some of us have, well, hold on there, correction, that most of us have, there's an initial period where we choose to drink too much, eat too much, eat the wrong thing, drink the wrong thing, play video games to 3 a.m., tell a lie, whatever. We initially choose to do that. But then over time, we become habituated to this behavior, and we do it without even thinking. We just go along with it. That's how we are. And in the case of clinical addictions, there's often a biochemical dimension, which results in both a physical and a psychological dependence on that behavior or substance. And if this continues long enough, over time, a dependence is created to the point that a person will find it very, very difficult or even impossible to resist that behavior or that substance. At least without help. At least without help. At least without help. Okay, keep listening. Keep tracking. Now that was a very simple, almost simplistic overview of a very complex topic with many nuances. For example, genetic predisposition. And yes, outside of this very real and difficult phenomena of addiction and unhealthy habituation, have people use sin and the devil, etc. as excuses for poor behavior? Of course they have. Fair enough. But we're not talking about poor excuses this morning. We're talking about those moments, those years, where you and I have said to ourselves, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, a very important point. Take this home with you in your pocket. Not all addictive or compulsive behavior is sin. Not all addictive or compulsive behavior is sin. But the dynamics, the dynamics of addiction are a helpful analogy, analogy, analogy for understanding what the Bible means by sin. Sin in the general sense. Sin is the tendency in you and in me to drift away from what is good and true and beautiful. Sin is the tendency in you and me to choose the selfish thing over the generous thing, even when we want to choose the generous thing and not the selfish thing. Particular sins are ways in which we separate ourselves from God, from other people, and from ourselves as we were created to be. Sin is relational as well as judicial. Sin is not just a bit of naughty fun that adults engage in. 
Sin is not just the breaking of some random and arbitrary, archaic rules. No. Now, yes, the church has often heinously abused the concept of sin. And our societies trivialize sin. And our societies often take certain sins and brutally judge them more severely than other sins. But the point remains. The point remains. Sin cripples. Sin limits. Sin destroys friendships, relationships, ruins dreams, has effects in society. So what are we to do? And here, Jesus raises his hand and speaks to us very tenderly, very compassionately. In today's Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 28. These words are for you, so listen to them as if they're addressed to you, because they are. Come to me. All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. (sighs) So when you're exhausted, from trying to break the cycle. When helping your friend or your relative with their struggle has brought you to the very edge. And when you can't try just one more time. And when you believe that you are no longer worth it, believe more in Christ that you are worth it. Come to Him. Bring your burden to God. And lay it before him. In those moments, utter a prayer. Even when you can barely say the words. Even when the words seem hollow to you. Let God's grace wrap around you like a warm blanket on a cold day. Let God's grace hold on to you when you feel like there's nothing in your life that you can hold on to. Learn the power of grace. God's gracious gift of mercy, forgiveness, and love towards you and me. That's grace. God's power to save me, to save you from ourselves and the worst of our inclinations. That's grace. Live by grace. It will set you free. Live by grace. It will sustain you when you struggle. Live by grace. It will help you. To accept the help you need. And as you come forward to receive Holy Communion this morning, hand over to God whatever sin or burden that is in your life and leave it there on the altar with God. But take home with you the gift of God's grace. Here's a summary of the Christian faith. A life lived on the basis of sin alone will always lead to despair. But a life lived on the basis of grace, despite the struggles, will be amazing. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Father Goodrich here. I hope this message blessed you in some way. Remember, faith isn't limited to one hour a week. Faith is about our whole lives, everything we do, every day of the week. So, live well.